we started this um, a while ago, and Lord willing, we'll get to finish the book in an interesting on an interesting Sunday, fifth Sunday of January, and and um, thankful to God. You know, if I wasn't a, a pastor, there's uh, something else that I think that I would have been very fulfilled in doing with my life, and that is being a game show host. <laughs> Can you see it? Can you see it being there? I've always, Richard Dawson was one of my favorite. You guys, how many remember Richard Dawson? Some of you get that, you guys are way, that's way after your um, time. You remember him, right? You don't remember him? What does the survey say? Uh, You don't remember him? Um, Family Feud, years ago, years ago. Um, The best part of skipping school when you were a kid is watching the game shows. Right, you skip school, you stay home, you you watch all the. Back then, it was the ten thousand dollar pyramid. Now it's the what, hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Right, I don't know. I'm dating myself way back to the uh, to the years. Um, let's play a little game today before we get into the text here. Uh, see how well you do. I like. Uh, we're gonna do the hundred thousand thousand dollar pyramid. And um, just some of the things, I'm going to mention it, and you're going to tell me what category this is, okay? Let's see if you can do this. You can do this. I, I, I believe it. I, I believe you can do this. All right. Suitcase. Sunscreen. Things you do on vacation. Very good. Very good. Um, mattress. Mattress pad. Things you sleep on. Very good. My pillow. Well, you guys, this is a hard one for the cadets. I don't think they're going to get this one. Eight, 12, 16, 20, multiple by fours. Well, the cadets look at you. Right? Yeah, all by fours. Huh? Good thing they didn't have this test to get you guys into the Air Force Academy, huh? Yeah, they are. All right, here's, here's, here's a tough one. Boat. An empty plastic bottle. Things that float. Very good. How about this one? Victory over sin and Satan. A global conflict. Understanding of Jesus. A fulfilled heart. These are things that every Christian should know and possess. Let's look at it in the text. It's right here. It's interesting some of the things that we know, but we're going to see here in these verses that we should know that we have victory over sin and Satan. And we're going to find that in verse 18. We should know that we're in a global conflict right now, and that is in verse 19. We should understand the true Jesus of the Bible. That's in verse 20. And then, as we guard ourselves from idols, we should understand that only God satisfies our souls. Right here in the passage, we're going to look right through here. Notice with me in 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, as we finish this uh, wonderful little book of the Bible, and we'll begin 2 John next week. As you look here, he says, we know. Notice it's it's mentioned over and over again. We know, verse 18, verse 19. We know, verse 20, we know, and, and, and so we know these things. We should know them. We should possess them. We should live them out. 
We don't just have a knowledge of them, but that we possess them in our minds and in our hearts. And so what are the things that we know? What are the, the certain truths that every Christian should know and possess? Look at this in verse 18. The first thing we know, he says here, is that no one who is born of God does what? Sins. Now, we've talked about this before. Does everyone sin here? Yes. All right. So it's not saying that we never, ever sin. It's talking about, now, once we come to Christ, we don't have to live in that sin. The power of sin has been broken because of Jesus Christ. The new birth brings new conduct, and he's talking about purity here in, in verse 18, not perfection, because there's no one perfect here. Amen. Only one amen. No, I don't know, maybe there's a few other perfect people here. There's no one perfect here. And so we know that, we understand that, but do we really understand that sin no longer has to be a pattern of our lives because of Jesus Christ? He's saying here in, in verse 18, we know that no one who is born of God habitually and does not confess their sins. They, they, they don't live in a pattern of sin because Jesus Christ is there. That power has been broken. How has that happened? Well, look at, look at verse 18. But he who was born of God does what? Keeps him. Now, there's two ways that people can take this verse. They can take the he and not capitalize it and make it the Christian himself. The one who has been born of God keeps himself. And I don't, I don't think that's a good translation there because if we're keeping ourselves, I'm in trouble. But it's the one that keeps us is the Lord Jesus. He's the one that lets us not live in that grip of sin. I think of my early days of life, one of my vices, and I've had many of them, was gambling. I loved, I grew up in a racetrack. My grandfather took me since, ever since I was a little, I, I knew how to gamble horses. I loved horses. And then it became, it became cards. I loved to play the cards and get the money out. And then I, and then it became baseball and different, I loved it. I just gambled all, the, I loved it. And I remember I got saved and I'm in college and Somebody who didn't even believe in Jesus looks at me and says, how can you do that stuff and still believe in Jesus? And I remember telling a friend of mine, Stucky, we need to pray about this. This is a big problem in my life. And so we prayed. And you know what? Gambling went away by God's grace. Now, today I am going to put 20 on the 49ers. And so, um, not one amen here. <laughs> I'm getting around. But the pattern of sin is broken. Why? Because the one who keeps us. Now look at this here. The one who keeps us, it's a, the one that obtains our salvation, also maintains our salvation. We are kept by the power of God. Notice this in verse 18. This is an amazing verse. It's caught in between two things. The one who knows God does not sin, does not live in that habitual sin. God helps him to overcome and have victory over sin because he keeps him. But notice what else he keeps us from. He keeps us that the evil one does not do what? Touch him. And it's interesting that word touch because it's not just, ooh, he touched you. It, it means to grab hold of you, to seize you, to have you, to hold you, to possess you. Here's what it's saying here. It's saying because God keeps us, because God is in control, we don't have to worry about the evil one, Satan himself, who will discourage us. Satan himself who will attack us. Satan himself who will tempt us. 
But Satan himself could never touch, are you ready for this? Our salvation. He can, he can uh, I'll tell you, he can distract him. He does a lot of things to believers, believe me. Let me tell you, weekends for pastors. <laughs> I had a pastor friend write me this morning, pray, my, his son fainted, passed out right there. Unbelievable, he's all nervous. He's got to get up and preach. There are things that are happening. I mean, Satan, uh, th this week was incredible. I get a call on Monday from my good friend Tom. He's a Buffalo Bill fan. He calls me up. He says, Jeremy, I'm in the hospital. I said, the game did that much to you? I was joking around, but I didn't even know, really. He, he, he started to have, he started to feel bad. The ambulance came, took him. He's still in the hospital. Then I hear about a 12-year-old girl that she had cancer, sweet little girl, and, and, and unbelievable. Now they had to take out her jugular vein. I didn't even know you could do that. Took out her vein so that it would stop. Apparently you can survive without a jugular vein. I didn't know that. Somehow that works out. But she's struggling for her life. And then my mom calls. Jeremy, I don't want to scare you, but I'm in the hospital. Sometimes it feels like a terrorist attack. One plane hits the towers. The next plane comes. Then it hits the Pentagon. And then another plane comes. Just boom, 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 boom. That's how Satan works. But guess what? We're protected. And here's what's amazing about this. Every attack by Satan, God has to allow. Have you ever thought of that? These are God-allowed attacks. He is a ruined being that wants to ruin us. And here's what this verse says here. The evil one does not touch him. You can imagine he has slimy fingers and he just he tries to grab a hold of us and guess what happens? We just slip out of his hands because we're in Jesus. We're protected. He says here, we have victory over sin. We have victory over Satan and we know that we're born of God. We don't have to live in that pattern of sin. We have the one, we have Christ that keeps us. Praise the Lord for that. And the evil one, although he will tempt us and he will do many things, he will never be able to get the victory over us. You say, that's good on our side. <laughs> what about the world side? Look at verse 19. We know... That we are of what? Now that's exciting, isn't it? We know we're saved. We know we're of God. We know that we're children of God. That's, that's a wonderful thought. Praise God for that. That is amazing. We know. We don't, we don't hope. We know we're of God. We're not trying to figure it out. We know. The moment we put our trust in Jesus, we're of God. We know that. We have that. But look at verse 19. The whole world... What happens? They're lying, they're resting, they're reclining is the word there. They're, they're, they're looking to for support in the power of who? The evil one. Now, now don't miss this because we've missed this. It used to be years ago when people would say you have believers, in the, believers and you have unbelievers. You know what we call them now? We call them church people and unchurched people. Wait a minute, we've missed it. Because there's a lot of church people who Satan has a grip of. And let me just tell you something. Look at this verse here. It says, those without Christ, the whole world refers to those without Jesus Christ. Those who don't know him. Those who have not been saved to put their trust in him. Look what it says here. They are supported by. 
It, imagine the word there. Lies speaks of a word of a reclining chair. They are supported by, dependent upon, who? The evil one. This is crazy. Who energizes the things that are coming on that we see in the world? Who is energizing ISIS right now? I'll tell you who it is. It's the devil. Who is, who is energizing the, the political, corrupt political people in the world? I'll tell you who it is. It's Satan. Who, who is energizing the teacher that gets into the classroom and starts teaching gender equality and woke and all these things? I'll tell you who it is. It's Satan. And here's what's sad. They don't even know it. They're blind. Because Satan blinds the world. They, they, they're oblivious to it. He takes the seed of the gospel that we preach and he snatches it from their hearts. He sends these false preachers and these false teachers who preach false gospel. Satan is at work right now. And look what it says here. We praise the Lord. We know that we're of God. But we know that also the whole world lies in the power of evil. We are in a global conflict right now. And he hates everything that we're doing. And they don't even know they're being energized by Satan. Isn't it amazing that people can do things and think that they're doing what is good and they don't even know it's not? I was telling somebody about our Christmas story. Our first Christmas here in Colorado. I was so excited. I was going to surprise my wife and put away the Christmas tree. And she went out with the kids and I got the Christmas tree and I put everything away and it was so beautiful. I took it down. I took all the decorations down. I put it away. I'm thinking she's going to post on Facebook. I got the best husband in the world. I mean, he is amazing. He just loves me and everything. She comes home, her face. What? Where's the Christmas tree? Uh, honey, I put it away. Why'd you put it away? No, do you not want to put it away? No, I wanted to put it away. Wait a minute. You want to... I wanted, I thought I was helping. I, I felt, I was, wait a minute here. I went from being the best husband in the world to the worst husband in the world. I didn't know. There's people in this world, they don't even know. They're being energized by Satan right now. He's got them blinded. He's snatching the seed out of them. And they hate, they hate God's work. He says, look, there's a global conflict right here where we have right here in verse 19. We know that we are of God. Praise God for that. And we also know that the whole world, those who don't trust in Christ, they lie. They're being supported. Upon, they're being energized by who? The very evil one. So what's the solution to that? Look at verse 20. This is so important because this is, this is the solution to this. I love how he starts the book and how he ends the book. This is, this is what it's about. He starts the book talking about Jesus. He ends the book talking about Jesus. What is the solution to the whole world that is being supported by and energized by the evil one? Here it is. A real understanding of Jesus. Now don't miss this. This is an amazing verse. Verse 20. Watch this. This is incredible. We know that the Son of God has done what? He's come. All right. That seems simple, right? We know that the historical Jesus came to this earth. You believe that? I hope you believe that. It's not a fairy tale. Right? He came. Here's what's amazing about this before we move on. This is perfect tense in the Greek. You know what that means? This means it was something that happened in the past, but that still affects us today. Watch what it's saying here. 
There's a difference when I tell people, my mother-in-law came to the house. You know what that means? She came, and praise God, she's gone. Right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she left, so I don't have to worry about saying that. Now, there's a big difference when I say this. My mother-in-law has come to the house. What does that mean? She came. She's still there. I'm looking at my watch. I'm waiting. When's she going to leave? You know what it's saying here? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't. You know what it's saying here? Look at this here. We know that the Son of God has come. You know what he's saying there? He came, and guess what? He's still here. You say, how is that? Well, he came, he died, he was buried, he rose again, he was ascended to heaven, and now he is living in all those who believe in him. He's still here. He's still making an impact. And so when he says this right here, he says, we know that the Son of God has come. Yes, we believe in the incarnation, but we also believe that Jesus is still alive, working in lives right now here on this earth. And here's what's amazing about verse 20. Look at this. Not only do we know that he's come and he's still working through lives right now, but he has given us understanding. Anybody ever call you brainwashed? How can you believe in that Bible stuff? You're brainwashed. No, no, no. We're not brainwashed. God has enabled us to understand, to see that he is real. Wow. In fact, the people who don't know Jesus are blinded and their minds are blinded. But those who do know Jesus, the only way we know Jesus is because he turned the light on. Amen. Look at this verse. He has given us understanding that we may know him. Oh, I love that. I was talking to somebody this week and I, I love asking this question. Pretend I'm God and you're up there in heaven and, and God asks you, why should I let you? And I'm going to ask you the toughest question of your life, I told him. I said, why should God let you into, your, into his heaven? And he looked at me, you know what he said? That's an easy question. Because I was waiting for the wrong answer. I was sure that he had the wrong answer. He said, yeah, I believe that Jesus died for me. I said, that it? Yeah. You accept it? Yeah. Oh, wow, he got it. I said, oh, man. He figured it out. I said, you know how he figured it out? Only God would allow him to figure that out. I could preach so I'm blue in the face. I could, I, could pre I, could show, I could draw diagrams. Only the Holy Spirit, God, can allow people to the light to come on. He says this in verse 20. We have known that the Son of God has come. Praise God. And he's still making his effect. And we have known. Look at this. He has given us understanding. He turned the lights on so that we could have a relationship with him. And look what it says here in verse 20. Him who is, don't miss that next word, what? True. We preach a genuine, true, authentic Jesus Christ. There, there are people who change who he is and make him to be someone that he's not. That is a fake Christ. Any deviation from the biblical Jesus is wrong. And he's authentic. He's true. He is right. And, and this is what it says here. We preach. We know him. Not, not only a, we know him. What? Who is true? He's authentic. He's the real one. You say, what is it? Watch this. Verse 20, you say, what, what about Jesus do we know? We're going to see here in a moment. 
But before he says that, he says something interesting. He says something amazing here. He says, and we are in him who is true. In other words, we are abiding in him. We have fellowship with him. We have a relationship with him. We have intimacy with him. He not only turned on the lights, but now we have a relationship with that Jesus. You say, who is this Jesus? Look at this here. This is amazing. I love this phrase. We are in him who is true, his son, Jesus Christ. This is, don't miss this, two things. This is the what? True God. He is God. Fully God. Any deviation from that is a false Jesus. He is always God in the past, present, and future. He is God. And, and not only, he is the true God. I love when he says, he talks about the bread, the bread that comes down from heaven. And he looks at him and he says, I am the true bread. The true God. This is the true bread that comes down from heaven. I am the true God. He is the true God. I love this. He is deity, fully God. There's, there's no other God but Jesus. Now watch this. And not only that, he is eternal life. There is no other way to eternal life except accepting Jesus Christ. He says, God turned the light on. He says, we can understand, we can know him, we can have a relationship with him, and we can understand that he is the true God. Isn't it amazing that it talks about, and let's turn there real quick to Titus 2.13. I want to show you a wonderful verse. You're waiting for Jesus to come back. Look at this, Titus 2.13, somewhere here in the Bible. After Timothy. Look at this here, Titus 2.13. This is a great verse. <clears throat> It says here, we are looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great what? God and Savior, Christ Jesus. He is God and he is our Savior and his name is Jesus. We would never understand that if the lights weren't turned on by the Holy Spirit. Going back to, to John, watch this. He says, and we know that the Son of God has come, verse 20. He has given us understanding so that we may know Him. He, he's turned the lights on. People have preached the gospel to us. We understood and He turned the lights on. Now we know Him who is true. And now we abide in Him. We have fellowship with Him, His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. This is eternal life. Now what do we have to be careful about? Look at verse 21. Little children. Guard yourself from what? Idols. Idols. Now, he's not talking about statues. And maybe you've had them. Maybe you have your little lucky charms. Some of them hang them up in their cars, you know, the little thing. Uh, when you're an Italian, you hang up the little Italian horn, you know. Show everybody when, when they get in the car, forget about it. You drive one in Italian, you know what I mean? You better buckle up, you know, forget about it. This is who we are, you know. Especially the ones from Chicago, watch out when they drive, forget about it. You know what I mean? New Yorkers know how to drive. People have their lucky charms, their little statues, their little things. You go in there, oh, I'm amazed. 
Even in some people that, that go to Bible preaching churches, you walk into their house and they got idols. All, they got all these kind of statues all over the Everything around. No, no, no. He's not talking about that. Not talking about that. Although those are wrong too. He's talking about any deviation from Jesus Christ becomes an idol when we put our trust in that instead of him. Here's what he's talking about. This, this is amazing here. One person said, a good thing becomes, when it becomes a God thing, then it's a bad thing and it's an idol. But really what he's saying here is guard yourself from those people who present to you a Jesus that's not in the Bible and then you put your trust in that Jesus. Guard yourself from trying to fill that God-sized hole in your heart with something other than the only one that can fulfill that, and that's Jesus Christ. Rick was talking about his sister and how we need to pray for his sister because they found a hole in her heart. I'm, I'm here to tell you that before Jesus, we all have this hole, this spiritual hole in our hearts and we try to fulfill it with all kinds of different things. We, we try to fulfill it with people. And we say, you know, if I just had a person, if I just get married, if I have a spouse, then I'll, I'll feel complete again. And I'll, I'll feel that. And, and then you get married and you never feel it. And you say, wait a minute, what's going on? Or somebody said, if I just had that possession, you know, if I had a house, I, I would do this and I would feel. And they just keep trying to fill that heart. Guard yourself. There's only one person that can ever fill that heart, and his name is Jesus. Guard yourself from believing in a false Christ. Guard yourself from trusting in, 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 in someone different than what the Bible Guard yourself from trying to fulfill your heart with something other than Jesus Christ. Kathy Griffin, one time, she, she won an Emmy, and she got up there and she mocked Jesus Christ. And then she grabbed her Emmy and she went like this. This award is my God. This is my God. Who's your God? Who fulfills your heart? Some at school is their God. Some it's people. Our hearts are idle factories. And if we don't fill it with Jesus, we'll fill it with something else. Or we'll try to. And we'll always come up empty. Some it's drugs. Then they wake up the next day and wow, they need it again. Because their hearts are still not satisfied. Some it's a person. And we say, how do we know it's a person? When God takes away that person, all of a sudden, the whole world has ended. And now they can't survive anymore because that person was their God. It's a possession. It's a pleasure. Our hearts are going to fill it with something. And so he's saying in verse 21, make sure you fill it with Jesus. Guard yourself when somebody comes and says to you, Jesus was a God. No, he wasn't. He is God. Guard yourself when somebody comes and says, Jesus became God. No, he didn't. He's always been God. 
Guard yourself when someone says, yeah, I believe in the Jesus, of the, Jesus, but not the Jesus of the Bible. It's something different. No, guard yourself from that. I don't care if it's on YouTube, Facebook, wherever it is. Guard yourself from that. But be careful. Guard yourself from, from, from filling your heart with things that will never, ever satisfy. Fill your heart with Jesus. He is God. He is eternal life. And he is the only one that can ever satisfy us. I remember the night I got saved and, and I just remember saying, boy, I am loved. He loves me. He's my God. Do you have that? Isn't it amazing how he starts the book with Jesus and ends the book with Jesus? Because our whole lives are about Jesus. Let's bow in prayer. Father, you, you know, Lord, each heart here today. And Lord, I pray it's so easy for us to try to fill our hearts with things that will never satisfy. I pray, God, if there's anyone here that is trying to fill their heart with a person, with a possession, whatever it may be, that today they would say, you know what, I want to fill my heart with Jesus. I want to put my trust in Him alone. And then I pray, Lord, if there's people that have done that, but yet they still feel not satisfied, they don't understand, and they feel empty inside, that God, that you would remind them that our souls are satisfied when they're satisfied in you. So help us to realize that Jesus is all we need. God, it's wonderful to be married and to have children and have different things in life, but Lord, how wonderful it is to have you. So help us to remember that. Help us to remember that you are our shepherd, nothing we lack. You're there. Help us to remember that we not only believe in historical Jesus, but he is still alive in us, up in heaven, waiting to return. We believe in him who is true. He is God. He is eternal life. Thank you for that. So God, we give you our hearts right now. <clears throat> Forgive us, Lord, for trying to fill them with things that will never satisfy. And thank you so much for this wonderful book of the Bible. Help us to live it. Not only learn it and love it, but to live it. We pray in Jesus' precious name and for his glory. Amen. Amen.